Welcome to No Challenges Remaining on day three of the 2020 U.S. O- no, <laughs> day three of the 2020 French Open. Gosh, they're coming so fast. I'm Ben Rothenberg. On what was the final round of the day? I can't talk at all. Final day of the first round of the French Open. How about that? On day three, uh, Ricky Diamond is here back on the show. Very frequent guest. We're usually around this time of year, Ricky, when you're in D.C. Uh, so you're going to be on the show here trying to replicate what we normally do at the French Open. But first, Ricky, thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, it's bizarre that usually I'm in D.C. running the marathon, and now it's the French Open. I know. It's all been weird. I mean, I was going to ask you about that, just like, how does this French Open feel to you so far? I got to say, it feels between, like, the roof and especially the lights, which are adding night matches, which never were a thing previously at the French Open, and it being in September, October, it feels like an entirely different tournament. Like, I don't recognize much of this French Open at all as French Open. Yeah, I mean it's it's bizarre. Like like you said, like the roof and the night matches, like it's just like even weirder than we thought it was going to be. And plus, it's like freezing. Like everyone's bundled up, and yeah, yeah, it's so bizarre. And then just like in the broader like sports world, like it's going on at the same time as like the Stanley Cup Finals and the NBA Finals and like the baseball. Well, playoffs. that actually usually happens weirdly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's at the same yeah. time as Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah, so it's just weird how everything's going on. It's just bizarre. And yeah, it's going on at the same time as NFL. Yeah, it just feels like I, it feels way more different from the normal tournament than the U.S. Open did. U.S. Open, I thought, was much more recognizably U.S. Open than this tournament is French Open. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, both is bizarre, like with no fans. Like the atmosphere at the U.S. Open was just totally different because right. usually night matches there are out of control. So that was, you know, that was kind of striking. But yeah, I agree that this is yeah, French Open's just, just wild. What do you think of the level of tennis so far? I mean, I think it's been pretty good, all things considered. Yeah. I mean, I've been pretty entertained by a couple of men's five setters, like Sitsi Pass and Munar was actually really high quality. Mm-hmm. Mute against Giustino was Giustino, yeah. Yeah, that was a wild one and the quality was mostly good throughout that. I mean, a lot of entertaining matches so far. So given the circumstances, it's not been bad. Good stuff. Well, I actually have a question to ask you later in today's show about Justino. Uh, he's going to come up in what we're going to we're trying to replicate here. Normally, French Open is a time when it's the one slam that I stay at with friends. Ricky and I have stayed at the same house there for the last several years, along with Courtney, along with a couple other people uh, you may know or may have been on the show at various times. And so uh, we're going to try to replicate what we usually do at the kitchen table each night uh, there in that house or sometimes at the kebab place uh, a couple <laughs> blocks away, debating, basically making our predictions and nerding out over weird details of the next day's play. Prop bets, basically, these are. For those uh, by by the way, I was thinking I was yeah. thinking how late how late our nights at the kebab place would have been this year with, oh with my lights. God. With lights in the roof, like play was get would have ended at like midnight, and we'd be at the kebab place well, until like four a.m. Well, I think the lights are going to be a pretty permanent change, right? The lights are not a one-time right. thing, so that's right. going to be from now on. We're going to be right. it's like the the push for the late night dining options in Balone Billancourt is going to be <laughs> even more extreme than it is right. already. Yeah. So that pizza place we found is going to be crucial. That ke- the kebab place, which is a little hit and miss last year, but generally pretty good. Yeah, these things will be crucial. So yeah. normally we we have the next day's order of play. And we look and figure out things are going to happen. And we, the way we do this is we come up with basically an odd number of things that we disagree on to try to see and then pick who, who wins the next day's props. 
So hopefully this makes sense as we go along for people. We're just going to be a pretty different kind of NCR episode. I mean, it's largely just prediction making, which is not normally what we do on the show. But I was looking at the order of play, came up with 25 possible things for us to possibly disagree on. If we don't, dis- if we can't reach a disagreement on them, if we can't figure out some way to predict different outcomes with relative confidence, then we will scrap that one. So a lot of spares in here, not expecting to actually institute all 25. Maybe we'll narrow it down to like 13, 15, something like that, ideally. Uh, but want to have a lot of spares and give people a sense of how they work. So the first one I have, Ricky, just to get right into it, is in the 12-time champion, Rafael Nadal, going for 13 this year against protected ranking entry Mackenzie McDonald. I have Games won by Mackenzie McDonald as our first one, and I will start the bidding for you at 8.5, which basically means, do you, for people who don't know how the 0.5 is in the, the betting works, if Ricky thinks Mackenzie McDonald will win eight or fewer games, he will take under. If he thinks he'll win nine or more games, he will go over. So that is that is the first line I'm suggesting. And if we and if we if I don't feel comfortable taking one or the other, I feel like I'd be okay with either side of this one, I can say right now. But we can sort of adjust and massage the number as it goes. So Ricky, what what are your thoughts as I throw out that first first offer? I have to say that's a good line. Eight point five that basically that basically means like a, a two three and three would be under right yeah three 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 and three 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 and three would, would would be over for mcdonald yeah and three three and three is a pretty big blowout nadal lost eight to garasimov more than that i think he lost 10 maybe no oh yeah he lost 10 four yeah. four and two yeah but he's a bigger hitter than mcdonald mcdonald basically got a buy in the first round against diaz Man, I th- I think I think I would go over eight point five. There's just you know the conditions aren't that good for Nadal. Like I don't, I don't know if he's gonna yeah. completely like wipe out like a consistent baseline or like McDonald. Yeah, I'll You're take over. Uh, yeah, I will take the under. It's okay. That's good. I was gonna okay. I was ready to take either one of those, so I'm okay with that. Okay. All right. Yep. Next one. one. All right, that was a good start. We're off to we're off and running. I'll recap all these at the end, and I'll, and I will also the other thing we'll do is I'll post all of these on Twitter and our Patreon. You guys play along, make your own picks, and we'll keep scores and see how everybody does. Hopefully, get picks in in time for play to start or close enough to it. Next one I have number two is fewer games lost tomorrow. Dominic Team versus Jack Sock or Sasha Zverev versus Pierre Hugues Herbert, who will lose fewer games. Just pick pick team or Erzverev. I think Dominic team will lose fewer games. Why is that? Explain your thoughts. I mean, well, better on, even in these conditions, he's better on clay than Zverev. And I mean, Sock is Sock. Like, yeah, he won his first round match, but it's still Jack Sock. Like, he's not the player he was in 2017. He won his first round pretty convincingly, actually, over Opelka. Yeah, I was surprised it was that convincing, but still, it's Opelka on clay. Okay. I mean, I, uh, I'll just, so you're going to take team. I will take, I'll take Zverev. Okay. I think, I think Air Bear is like a real fast core player. Will not like this. Zverev is so full of confidence right now. Somewhat unearned largely, but also earned. <laughs> and I think, I think it could serve him well. All right. So I'll just take, you know, I, I don't know if I love that pick, but I'm, I'm willing just to lock it in to get some more in here. Cause we'll see how the rest go. And those are pretty top line, big name picks. We'll get to some more obscure stuff later on in the day's play. Number three, same player, double faults by Sasha Zverev tomorrow in this match against Pierre Hugues Herbert. He hit, I can tell you, he hit two in his first round against Dennis Novak. Two? He only, yeah, Sasha Zverev only hit two 
in his first round against Dennis Novak. A shockingly low number. I was very surprised to see that when I did my quick research here. I have set the line for double faults for Zverev against in the next match against Herbert tomorrow at 6.5. I set that line before I saw the two, but I, that was more in the ballpark of what I was thinking. So I'm going to leave it there. Wow. Six, 6.5? Yeah, in a best of five match. Now, obviously, if you think this match is like going four or five sets, that would right. encourage right. it over. Yeah, that's a factor. I mean, he shouldn't lose a set to Air Bear, but he, I mean, he almost lost a set to Novak. Gosh, I'm just shocked he only had two doubles against Novak. Yeah. I'm going to lean towards, I'm going to go with the under just because I don't think it's going to be a competitive match and there won't be, you know, there won't be pressure on him. And the pressure is obviously when he, when the double faults come in. So I'm going to go with under, but I'm not overly thrilled about it. Okay, would would you would would you take under five point five if I move it down one? Yeah, that's tough. I mean, he would have to win in straight. Gosh, uh, I'll go. Yeah, I would go under just because he hit two against Novak. Right. Okay. Okay. Cool. All right. I will hit. I think over five point five. All right. All right. Next one. Mexico's first second round participant in women's singles in the French Open in twenty something years. Renata Zarazua. Yeah. First match on. Chatriate playing on Alina Svitolina. We're looking for games won by Renata Zarazua tomorrow against Svitolina. Uh, 6.5. I like Zarazua ma- maintaining her momentum uh, from, from February, even though she had a six-month layoff, but she's yeah. still riding the wave from Mexico. <laughs> how, how many did you say again? 6.5 was my number. So that's basically saying, like, if she does better than 3-3 three and three, or 2-4. and right. four. Man, Svitolina's playing pretty well right now. Zara Zua played a French wild card. That's basically a buy. That was an easy draw against Giacomo. Yeah. I'll, how about this? I'll, 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 go, I'll go first here. I will, I will take the under. I'll take under 6.5 if you want to take over. Uh, no, I was, I was going to take under too. I think this is going to be a beatdown city. All right, let's, move, let's lower the line then to 5.5. Uh, I'll take under. I feel like three and two is possible. <sighs> Okay, I will take over 5.5 for Zarazua. All right. Not like Svillian's going to bomb like easy holds. It's like just competitive games. All right. Next one, uh, a rematch of the U.S. Open on the Nelson women's side. Svetana Parankova, who went three sets against Serena Williams in the quarterfinals of the U.S. Open just a couple weeks ago. Now plays her in the second round of the French Open. Uh, sets won by Svetana Parankova, 0.5. Uh, I will take under... 0.5 sets one by Parankaba. Okay. I just think, I mean, Serena knows the challenge. She just played against her. Even though Serena's not great on clay, Parankaba isn't either. She used to be a Wimbledon specialist. That's correct. Serena can hit through these conditions. Parankaba can't. So I'll take the under. Okay. I would take, I'll take over. I, I was fine either way on that one. All right. All right. Sets one. This is number six now. So we're marching along. Sets one by Dominic Kupfer against. Ooh. Stan Wawrinka, Dominic Kupfer coming off of his run to the Rome quarterfinals as a qualifier. He is from the Billy Heiser coaching tree stable, being coached by Ryan Williams, your former breakfast buddy. That's that's right. The man, the, the fisherman, Ryan Williams. Exactly. All right. What do you think about Dominic Kupfer's chance of getting one set? So half a set is a line, which means if you think he'll get a set or more, you say over against right. Wawrinka, who looked very good against Andy Murray. Yeah, but it was Andy Murray. Yeah. I will take over a half a set for Kepfer. 
Yeah, I wanted over also. I, I honestly thought I, I honestly thought you might set the line at one point five. I thought about well, okay, let's move it there. One point five. I, I would I would take the under, but I feel like that's a better line. I think this match is gonna be close. Yeah, I'll take over. I, I'm I'm okay taking over. Wow, it's a bold. I, I mean, I just I want things on the board. I'm trying to be cooperative right. here, but it's also yeah. uh, I I, mean, I, I, mean, I, I it, I'm super I'm super high on Cutfer. Like the way he yeah. played against Malfis obviously hasn't been great. Um, and Rome was super impressive. The way he played against Djokovic was super impressive in that match. Yeah, uh, that was Djokovic's toughest match in Rome. So yeah, so okay, I'm I'm okay with Cutfer. I think he can win that match. I wouldn't be shocked by a Cutfer win. So oh, I feel yeah. fine yeah. taking him over. Yeah, match. I mean, I was, I was expecting a 1.5 line at the start. All right, next match, straight up winner, Pickham, Benoit Pair, and Federico Correa. Right, right when, right when you said Pair, I was gonna say the other person, regardless of who it was. <laughs> does Federico Correa, who's like never played much slam at tennis at all, does he still pass that test? Is being anyone but Pair? It was like that coronavirus quarantine video where, where they say, "Would you rather spend quarantine with a your wife and kids?" And he immediately says B before <laughs> they even get to the next question. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, yeah. Corey is good on clay. But yeah. Pair in his press conference after the first round was like, "I hope he doesn't play like his brother." And he certainly doesn't, but he plays well enough to beat Pair. So you're picking Corey. I will take. I will take Pair. I think he's got some semblance of momentum now with winning one match, which again, who knows how he did that, but he did. God, I can't. Um, shocking, utterly shocking scenes. Uh, and he's in Paris, and you know he's got so much more experience than Federico Coria, so I, I will take Pair. Uh, next one, another fewer games lost. Second one of these. We have either Simona Halep against Irina Camelia Begu in the second round women's match, F- Battle of Romanians, or I'm going to throw in this one, Coco Goff against qualifier Martina Trevisan of Italy. Goff rolled Joe Conta 3-3 three and three in the first round. Looked very solid. Martina Trevisan, got to be seen as a pretty easy draw for a second round of a slam. I don't think she's ever made the second round of a slam before. If she has, not often. Uh, so who do you want here? Halep or Goff? Fewer games lost. Begu and Simona, I can tell you, they played in the semifinals of Prague recently enough. Was I can try to pull up a scoreline there. Was Georgie hurt the whole match against Trevisan or what? Unclear. Georgie was leading. Yeah. And then was not. I, I don't know much about that match. I, I really don't know. I know that Georgie had an injury at the U.S. Open. That I know. That she claimed made her completely useless against uh, uh, Naomi Osaka in the second round. I, I would take Halep fewer games lost. I mean, 4-0 against against Cerebus Tormo is, is pretty solid. And I, yeah. and I think Halep's going to win the tournament. From 4-2 from, from down, too. Oh, wow. So 10 in a row. Yeah. I can tell you the scoreline in Prague in the last play was Halep 6-3. Over Begu, uh, she's never lost to Begu seven and zero in her career. Um, only lost once a set. Only once lost a set. So pretty solid for Simona Halep. Matches dating back to two thousand seven between these two at the Bucharest ten K. So they go back a ways. Yeah, yeah. I'll go. I'll go with Halep. Fewer games lost. All right. I'll take. I'll. I. I mm. Yeah, I'll just to keep things on the. I'll, I'll take golf. I don't love the golf pick just because I feel like golf doesn't blow people off the court that much. She plays a lot of close matches, but um, yeah, I'll take it. All right, number nine, games won by Lorenzo Justino. There he is against Diego Schwartzman. I set the line same as Mackie McDonald at eight point five. Schwartzman is killing folks. Justino can be pretty tired. 
just you know he was gassed at the end of that match obviously yeah six, six hours it was funny his press conference he was like oh yeah i'm fine obviously <laughs> uh yeah schwartzman's killing people i'll take the under i will take under also let's move the line to uh 7.5 so that's two, two, and three. Yeah, that's a two, two, and three for under. Yeah. yeah. Two, two, and three. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take under. I will also take under. Let's go to, let's go to six point five. Two, two, and two. <laughs> or a one, three, and two. You know, other ways to do it. I think maybe he can. I'll take the over. I think maybe he can make get like four games in like the first set and be like okay. four, two, one or something. Four, two, and one would cover that point. So yeah, so I'll I'll take under. I think Diego breaks so much that I yeah. kind of like him to like run up a score. Actually, plus so. you can you can't pick against Diego, whatever the prop is. Absolutely not. All right, so I'll take I will take under Diego's. Or, no, sorry, under Justino six point five games, which is a crazy pick. But anyway, <laughs> last match finish time twelve oh one a.m. earlier or later. Yeah, I was thinking I was thinking that was gonna be it. I'll I'll take under twelve oh one a.m. Oh yeah, let's look at the forecast because that could be that could be a significant factor. What what was it today? It was it was it was before midnight, wasn't it? Yeah, but it was after eleven. It was around like eleven thirty yeah. something. Yeah, and that's with a pretty clean day weather wise. Yeah, because they moved uh, the Pauline Parmentier final career match uh, to court fourteen pretty late. I see no rain in the forecast tomorrow in Paris. Yeah, cloudy twenty percent. Yeah, so you take you take before midnight finish. Yeah, I'll take I'll take before twelve oh one a.m. Okay, um, I will also take before. How about eleven thirty? I might have to dive into the order of play here. See see what <laughs> see what kind of matches are are. Uh, Late Zverev last center last. He's gonna roll. Man, a lot of doubles. Dang, a lot of doubles out there. I'll, I'll take. I'll take earlier than eleven thirty. Under eleven thirty. Okay, I'll take over. You never know. Something could happen. Something could happen. All right. Uh, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, that's certainly not a lock. Yeah. I, was, no, I was hoping that, that's that, pretty that, close. Yeah, I was hoping you would take over midnight. All right. No, next one. The one token double is pick for this day. Number 12, winner straight up of Johnson Query versus Grenoyers Zabios. Gosh, one of the most surprising scores of the as bad as Johnson is on clay. That was one of the most surprising scores of the day. I mean, he won two games against Carbias Banya. He won two games? I didn't see that scoreline. It was 6 1, 6 1, 6 0. Oh my God. Wow. <laughs> Which, I, did not, I, I did not see that. Wow. <laughs> Which. Normally, I wouldn't factor singles into a doubles pick, but that was so bad that I'm actually going to factor that in, and I will take Grenolliers and Zabios. Yeah, I think I will too. So I'm gonna scratch in that pick. Well, Query, Query lost also, so like they're ready to yeah. get back to the United He States. lost in five. Do they have two different types of excruciating losses? Right, like both of them, they are ready to leave the bubble. Yeah, that's probably true. All right, so it could be Tank City there. Yeah. Um, all right, so we scratched that pick. So number twelve is scratched. Next up, thirteen straight up winner. Of your girl, Shea Suwei, versus I, Iga Shviantek. Oh God, I cannot believe Shea is in the second round. I mean, I'm pleasant. I'm pleasantly surprised, of course. Yeah, that's going to be a routine victory for Iga Shviantek. Unfortunately, 
I am inclined to agree with that as well. So we'll scratch that one as well. Okay. All I, right. I, I would have taken under zero point patch sets as well. <laughs> but but it, sounds, um, it sounds like you would take that also. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I, I wasn't sure. I mean, Shay has more experience and she's just a weird person to have to play. But no, she, no, I mean, yeah. no, you were definitely smart because you would think that I would have taken the bait, but <laughs> but, I, but no, I'm not going to take that bait. For those who don't know, Ricky is a massive Shay Sue stan. Oh, yeah, huge. All right, let's get to some more offbeat stuff here. Number 14, we're going to be talking about the team, Dominic team English transcript for tomorrow that will come out of his press conference. Wow. Mentions or references in questions or answers to the U.S. Open or New York or equivalent reference to him having just won the U.S. Open. So any reference? Any reference to the fact that he just won the U.S. Open. What if it's a reference to the U.S. Open but not a reference that he won it? Yeah, that counts too. So any reference to New York or any or reference what well, I have a phrase is the US Open or New York or equivalent. So if they say even if they just say you just got your first slam, like that okay. would count. I have okay. I have it at one point five. Is it references by a reporter or by team or both? Both. Both. So if they ask a question like and say the word New York in the question and then he responds and like and says my first Grand Slam title was great. Is that two or one? That's a good question. Um, huh. I think that's one. I think okay. it's gonna, I think it's gonna be separate instances of bringing it up. And I will also include about like what it feels like to be a Grand Slam champion now. Like, are you more confident now that you're a Grand Slam champion? Okay. Like, so, yeah. Things that, that things things that rely questions or answers that are built around or or you know, and those can right. be together, right? So if okay. he says like, "Do you just win a Grand Slam?" He says, "Yes, I just won a Grand Slam." That's one. Yeah. Okay. Um, set the line at one point five. Will get brought up multiple times during his presser in English. Yeah. I will so, say my, my my thought here is that he's already done pre-tournament press. He already did first round press. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm, so, I'm looking I'm looking through his press conference right now to see how many. Times <laughs> I didn't look for this actually. It was, I mean it really wasn't referenced that much, and therefore I'm going to lean towards the over. Over. So you think there's leftover mentions still to come? I think there's leftover mentions. And also, like, I mean, his Dominic team, his press conferences, like, aren't that interesting. So, like, they're still only going to have, like, the U.S. Open to talk about. Like, they're not going to have completely moved on to the French Open yet, I feel like. Okay. I can take I can take under. I'm fine with that. I was fine with either one of those. Okay. All right. So, you take over. All right. Uh, next one. In the Simona Halep English transcript, mentions a references to Darren Cahill or coach or equivalent allusion to the person Darren Cahill 1.5 and this will be more this will be more uh counting frequently like number of times someone says Darren or coach so it's not just concepts this will be actual name drops or or mentions okay so if he's like mentioned in the question and then mentioned in the in the answer like it counts as two yeah did Halep not has Halep had a press conference yet yeah, yeah, yeah. She's had press. Oh, it was her birthday last time she had her press conference. It was. Oh my god. Yeah, lots of players having midterm birthdays and never get them usually. Oh my gosh. Every single reporter started their question with happy birthday. Yeah. Except for like the last two. I think I'll go with the under. Okay. I'll take over. I think people like Darren. All right. People, next people one. Do, people do like Darren. That's for sure. We're going to combine the Serena and Azarenka transcripts for this one. Wow. mentions or references to motherhood 
Olympia, Leo, child rearing, maternity leave, or any acknowledgement these people have had children? Two point five. Yeah. Well, you have to factor in that Serena is playing, playing Parankova. Right. Yeah. A fellow mother. Gosh, that the amount of times that was mentioned at the U.S. Open was off the charts. Unreal. Two point five in their combined press conferences. I'll I'll take the over. Okay. I will take under. I think 2.5 is a high line, so I'll take under. Okay. That. Yeah. All right. I mean, I, I, I hope I'm wrong, but I think I'll be right. This is going to be the next one will be a more specific word. I'm looking for the word or conjugations, but probably just be plural at this point, of the word ball being said in Rafael Nadal's English transcript. Ball. The number will be uh, 2.5. 2.5 for the word ball. Holy smokes. It was not mentioned. The word ball was not mentioned in his mm. first round press conference. That's shocking. Was but, it short? His presser? I think it, I think it was bad average. Oh, oh, wow. But guess how many times it was mentioned in his pre-tournament presser? How many? 12. Okay, yeah, so there we go. So <laughs> 12 to 0. To, let's see what comes to the third one here. All right, so 2.5. How are you feeling about 2.5? Well, you got to go with the trends and, from 12 down to 0. I'll take gonna, the over. Okay, I'll take over just because also this could be like, and then the ball landed on the line. Like you could have ball mentions that aren't about ball. Quality. Yeah, yeah. yeah so I'll, I feel okay about that. All right. Gombos Rodionov. Mm -hmm. Who do you have winning that straight up? Uh, I would take... Yuri Rodionov. Mm, I think I would too. All right, scrap that one. Uh, <laughs> Bublik versus Sanego. Yeah, that's, that's a good match. That, that, yeah, that's exactly what I was gonna say. I was like, that's a sneaky good second round match. It was, and, and like, both of them are better on other surfaces, even though Sanego is Italian. Sanego's like, done okay on clay, though, right? Didn't he make no, like, no, Monte yeah. Carlo quarter? No, that's what I'm saying. Like, they're both better on other surfaces, but it's still going to be a solid clay court match. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't think Sanego's at his best on clay. He's kind of just like an awkward player. Okay. Bublik certainly isn't. But uh, Bublik's got some momentum that he made the most of his lucky loser, beat Malfeast. I'll take Bublik. Um, I'll take, as much as I loved Sasha Bubbles on the last episode of NCR, actually, I'll take Sanego because I think. It could be a letdown match for Bublik. Yeah, I still, that is appointment listening. I haven't listened to it yet. Oh, it is. It, it, people have enjoyed it. Uh, obviously. Gavrilova versus Bouchard. Wow. Wild card Jeannie Bouchard winning matches at Slam first time in a while against protected ranking Daria Gavrilova. I have to say, it's surprising that this is a second round matchup. Yeah, both unlikely entrants in the second round. And it's even more surprising that Jeannie's opponent is the one who is even less likely to be in the second round that's exactly. hard that's hard to do genie if you i don't know if people noticed but she made a final of the istanbul tournament yeah yeah she during is, the u.s open beating yeah. kuznetsova en route i will take genie bouchard i i seriously could not believe gavrilova won that match yesterday uh, two days ago yeah i'm inclined to take bouchard too i think she's got a lot more for momentum so i'll take bouchard so that's off the table all okay. right a few more here to go sets won by tommy paul against casper rude 0.5. I'll take the under. That's going to be a straight setter for Rude. He's balling right now. I will take over. I think I think Tommy will have focus for one set of that match. 
Right. He's pretty good. But good on Clay. One of the few Americans. He and Sandra yeah. are both solid. Former junior there. champ of the French Open. Yeah. Yep. Uh, all right. Next one. Uh, beating Taylor Fritz in that final. Wow. Uh, sets won by qualifier Sarah Arani, currently ranked 150, against number five Kiki Burtons. And I will point out that Sarah Arani is 5-0 and in her career against Kiki Burtons, despite this 145 ranking gap currently. 0.5 sets for Sarah Arani. Will she win a set? Can we do an over/under slowest serve miles per hour? <laughs> if that if we had the if we had the full IBM access, I would absolutely do that. <laughs> that would be good. But I don't think we have that at this tournament. Gosh, I can't believe Ronnie's in the second round. I'll take I'll take the under. I'll take over. I'll take over. I'm okay with that. All right, uh, last one. This is a this is some math involved here. Uh, last sorry, this is the last one of the non-predictive ones because next one's gonna be about Thursday. Uh, okay. Sets one in singles on Wednesday by American men. All right. And the American men who are playing are Taylor Fritz against Radu Albert, Tommy Paul versus Casper Rude, Jack Sock versus team Mackenzie McDonald versus Nadal. And then the twist Corda and Isner playing each other. Oh, wow. So I have the line set at 6.5, 6.5. Actually, that already seems low. I'm gonna move it to seven point five. I'm gonna put it seven point five because I do think Fritz is gonna win probably against Al. I think I think Fritz is gonna win too. And so three, then, you mean? I, I, no, I, like I also think Fritz is gonna win. Okay. Yeah. So that's three. Everyone else is gonna lose in straight. So that means Isner and Corda would have to go five to get to go over this line. Correct? Yeah. I don't think that's gonna go, go five. I'll take the under. I'll take over seven point five. You yep. take under 7.5? Yeah, I think Fritz is going to win three, and I think Isner and Corder uh, is going to go to four. I think everyone else is going to lose in straight. See, I'm nervous about Fritz. I could see Isner straight setting Corda, which just kind of makes me nervous about this. And so if that comes, then I'm kind of screwed. But I think Tommy Paul will get a set against Rude. I think I think Fritz will get three, so I feel okay about this. So Watch, watch McDonald get a set. Right, that'd, be, that'd be wild. All right. <laughs> The next one, you might need to look at the draw for these next three, these last three. Yeah. Um, I mean, about the Thursday schedule. So the order, this will be predicting the order of play that's going to come out tomorrow, Wednesday, for Thursday. Uh, okay, so yeah, it's a bet for Wednesday. For court placements, yeah. Regarding Thursday, yeah. All right, will Kachinoff versus Vesely be placed on Mathieu or better? Basically, will it be on one of the top three courts or not? Wow. There will be original assignments. So if it gets relocated, that doesn't count. Um, right. But so basically, we're looking for catching off Vesely. Will it be on one of those three? Basically, will it be a top six men's match tomorrow? Right. That's what we're yeah. looking for. Two, two women's and two men's on each court every day. That's right. Yeah. So will it be considered uh -huh. a top six match? Right. And I can tell you, I believe that Vesely is... Oh, sorry, excuse me. I believe that Hachinov is the sixth highest ranked man playing tomorrow. Or sorry, on, on Thursday. So N Djokovic is going to be playing. Berrettini will be playing. Yeah. Sitsipas will be playing. Rublev will be playing. Shapovalov will be playing. The other factor I would point out here is that Hachinov did win Bercy relatively recently. And sometimes the French Open does like to acknowledge Paris' success in a weird way. Uh, and Hachinov has done decently-ish at the French Open before. So... Will he be on one of those top three courts against Yuri Vesely? Which could actually be 
a good match. Those are two big strong boys. Man, that's a good that's a good prop. As was the American number of sets one. That was also good. Thank you. Uh, thank you. So basically it comes down to Hachinov or Dimitrov is my thinking. Yeah, my thinking too. Um, Dimitrov in a pretty not interesting match against Andre Martin. Yeah. I mean, Martin's a very small name, but he's actually good at the French Open. That's true. He annihilated Roundich that one year, if I'm not mistaken. I think you're right. And he certainly annihilated Jao Souza. That's tough. I mean, Dimitrov's a bigger name than Hatch, even though he's ranked lower. Mm-hmm. But like you said, Hatch... But no, but no French Open success to speak of for Dimitrov in his legacy yeah. there. I'll take... what. what is There's Hatch? also the sleeper Elijah anderson pick, which maybe could I, get some consideration as a... Yeah, I think Anderson's just too far up, off the map right now. Got Hatch is only the 15 seed. Yeah. I think Dimitrov is going to get it. I'll take the worse than Simon Mathieu. Okay, I'll take over. I'm okay with over. Yeah. I was fine either way there. Uh, the next one on this level, same question, better or worse than Simone Mathieu on the women's side for Elena Rybakina against France's Fiona Farrow. Ooh, Farrow. So Farrow tilting the scales towards the French here. All right. So, Other matches will be considered yeah, for Sabalenka Kasakina. Muguruza Pliskova, yeah. uh, Kenan Bogdan, Kvitova Paolini, Cornet Jane. They love Cornet. Yeah. Uh, Pliskova Ostapenko, Stevens Bedosa. Wait, Pliskova. Jeez. Both of the Pliskovas have marquee matchups. Well, that'll get. That's the final prop. We'll get to that one next. There's going to be a Pliskova right. prop. Okay. So Pliskova is a lock. They also have Sloan, who's a former runner up. Mm hmm. Just two years ago. But it's just basically how much are they going to weight the Frenchness of Pharaoh is the question here. Playing against a top 16 seed. And she's, and she, and Pharaoh's been playing well. She just won Palermo. Yeah. 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 How old is Pharaoh? Uh, early mid 20s. Oh, really? I thought she was younger. No, she's not super young, I don't think. Let me okay. look, actually. She is. She like, she's 23. She's 23. 23. Man, that's tough. We're back and I was like, She's so good, but she's still like a pretty completely unknown. Yeah, she's not a big name at all. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I took the over on the men. I think I'll go the under on this one, but it's again, it's gonna be close. All right, so you're saying worse court than top three? Wor- worse than yeah, it's gonna be like core fourteen. Okay, I'll take I'll take over, but yeah, close over. I think it's got Matthew on this one. Yeah. So we'll see. And then the last one, Pliskova sisters. Scheduled for court Philippe Chatrier over under 1.5. And both Pliskovas are playing former champions. Oh. Number two, Carolina Pliskova is playing Ostapenko. And Christina Pliskova is playing number 11, Garbina Muguruza. So over under 1.5 Pliskovas on Chatrier, which means they have to get both picks. Wow. But I think it's entirely plausible they could do. That, is, that would be epic if they monopolize Chatrier with both women's matches. What are our other options? Other here? options would be Kennan, who was on Longland before. Uh, she was on she was on Longland uh, today. Yeah. Whatever. Uh, so she could be possibly on Chatrier for making up for that. Kvitova, also a seven seed popular player. She gets good court assignments generally at slams. Um, yeah. But the Pliskovas both against French Open champs of recent years in Ostapenko and Muguruza. 
1.5 Pliskov is on Chatrier. Who was um, who was Carolina on Chatrier on Monday? Yes. Oh, today. Today she was. Yeah, on Tuesday. Oh, sorry, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, she went three against Meyer Sharif. And where was where was Mugu? Mm. Moogs was, I bl- not on Chatrier and not on Longland. She was on maybe Simo Mathieu or maybe even 14. I want to say she was on, she was not on a big, on one of the main two. She had a tough match against, uh, I guess, Zidansic. Muguruza was on Simo Mathieu. Okay. Um, yeah. See, I feel like there's oh. nothing particularly about the Muguruza, um, so basically, I think Pliskova Ostapenko is a lock to get on Chatria. Oh yeah. For so sure. basically, we're just asking about the Muguruza match here. Yeah. The thing about Kennan is like she's she's already won a Grand Slam this year, and she upset Serena at the French last year. That's correct. And she's a number, and she's a higher seed. She's number four. And, yeah, and she was she didn't get Chatria treatment for her first round match. I will go. Gosh, this is a great prop. I'm gonna go <laughs> under one point five. All right, I will take over. I'll take I'll take the Plisco sweep, and then I just might were, do it. Were you good with either one on that? Yeah, I was gonna be good with either one. That's tough. Okay. All right, so those are our picks. I will read them back. I will listen back to them and read them back here for clarity. So to recap, what wound up being our twenty-one profits for Wednesday at the French Open in this experiment. Hopefully, you guys had some fun listening to our thought processes. Processes number one: games won by Mackenzie McDonald. Ricky took over 8.5 games won by Mackenzie McDonald in fewer games lost between Dominic team against Jack sock or Sasha Zverev against air bear. Ricky took team losing fewer games in number three, double false by Zverev. Ricky took under 5.5 in games won by Renata Zarazua. Ricky also took under 5.5. That was number four. Number five, Ricky took less than a set so under one, under half a set, one by Svetlana Parankova. So Serena in straights, basically, Ricky took there. Ricky also took under 1.5 sets, one by Dominic Kupfer against Stan Favrinka. Ricky took, in number seven, took Federico Coria beating Benoit Paire. In number eight, Ricky took Simona Halep losing fewer games than Coco Goff. In number nine... Ricky took Lorenzo Giustino winning over 6.5 games against Diego Schwartzman. In number 10, Ricky took an earlier finish to the day's play than 11.30 p.m. Number 11, Ricky took over 1.5 mentions of U.S. Open or New York or equivalent in Team's English transcript. Number 12, Ricky took under 1.5 references to Darren Cahill or Coach or equivalent in Halep's English press conference transcript. Number 13, Ricky took over 2.5 references to motherhood, Olympia, Leo, child rearing, maternity leave, or just having had a kid. And combined references, he took over 2.5 in the Serena and Azarenka English transcripts. Ricky also took over 2.5 uses of the word ball in Nadal's English. That was number 14. Number 15, Ricky took Bublik to beat Sanego. Number 16, Ricky took zero sets won by Tommy Paul. Number 17, Ricky took no sets won by Sarah Arani. Number 18, Ricky took under 7.5 sets total won by American men. And they are Fritz, Paul, Sock, McDonald, Corda, and Isner. Under 7.5, Ricky took for number 18. Number 19, Ricky said 
that Hachinov Vesely would be scheduled on a worse court than Simone Mathieu. Number 20, Ricky said that Rybakina Farrow would be scheduled on a worse court than Simone Mathieu. And then number 21, Ricky said that under 1.5 Pliskova sisters would be scheduled on Chatrier. But Ricky, thank you for doing this. If you guys want to, we're going to put something on our Patreon. If you guys want to play along, we'll put a post there. You guys send all your answers in a comment on the Patreon post. That'd be awesome. And we'll like keep score until you won. We, I mean, we're thinking about doing this a lot of days during the friendship. Maybe we'll pick our spots and do shorter ones. We'll probably do like, you know, five, seven props today instead of this mega prop situation. We wanted to give you guys that sort of sense of the kind of the range of stuff we do here. Uh, so hopefully this was a tolerable episode for folks. And I uh, want to thank everyone for supporting us on Patreon. As always, we have one new backer. I want to give a shout out to, and that new backer is Kevin Haw. So thank you, Kevin. I hope I'm pronouncing that correct correctly. Kevin Haw, thank you for backing us. And thank you always to our Patreon Slam Champ backers. We thank every episode. Liz Kennel, Jonathan Weinbaum, Mary Carrillo, Leah Williams, Chong Nguyen, Betty, Audrey Welland, Sean Mulroy, Joseph Haar, Susanna W., and Antonio Maycumber, and our GOAT backers, Christopher Bishop, J.O.D., Mike, and Charles Cena. Ricky, thank you as always. People should follow you along for friendship and coverage at Diamondator. And you're doing what else? What other kind of stuff are you doing these days, writing wise? Tennis balls and tennis majors for this tournament. Yeah. Yep. Tremendous. Check it out. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks for, thanks for having me. Great props. I'll, uh, I'll I'll come up with some as well as as uh, we move through the tournament. And, and similarly, if listeners want to come up with their own props, we'd happily have yeah. them. Yeah, that'd be awesome. One of the one of the main props we used to do last year, which is tougher. And I'm not sure how much you're. Are you credentialed for this tournament? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Virtual. Okay. Virtual, yeah. I, I wasn't sure how to do interview rooms. It like seems kind of like arbitrary this time because there's no crowds. Right. I didn't want to do any interview room props, but that's another thing we generally do is which interview room somebody will wind up in yeah, uh, based on their prominence, which is always a good prop. Yeah, those are some of the most common ones. <laughs> and the most dramatic. You wait for the announcement of the interview yeah, room to see who who does. So much drama. Um, and we also we also done props like how many times will WTA Insider tweet about the Kiki Burns match. How many time? How many posters of Alina Svitolina will Jimmy post on <laughs> yeah. on Twitter during the day? I mean, like we can do different stuff that's more involved in different people. Uh, it's different when we're publishing them, I guess, because it'd be more likely they would hear about this prop. Uh, it would interfere. But um, if you guys have, or we could do things like how many how many at mentions will Nick Curio send to a ATP colleague, <laughs> past or present, during the next twenty four hours, something like that. I mean, these are all possible things we could do. Yeah. So. Ricky, thank you very much. All right, thanks, Ben.